Welcome to the Mama Matters podcast. Whether you're expecting, you've recently given birth, or you're just starting along your fertility journey, it's time to get down to the nitty gritty and sort fact from fiction. I'm your host, Rosie Dumbrell, physiotherapist and pregnancy expert. Mama Matters aims to provide an easily digestible, up-to-date and evidence-based approach to pregnancy, birth and motherhood with a side dose of humour along the way. Interviews from the industry's leading experts and experience of my own adventures as a mother to three gorgeous boys under four. I want to share the stuff that helps to grow confidence throughout motherhood. Mama Matters is a podcast by Lenny Rose Active and this is what you can expect to hear in upcoming episodes. Don't be fooled into thinking that if you've had a C-section that your pelvic floor isn't something that then needs as much attention. It certainly does. And quite often a woman who has gone through that journey of an unexpected C-section, she might still be bleeding or having that sort of lochia, we call it, that loss of blood for many, many weeks postpartum, similar to a woman who has given birth vaginally. Hello, lovely ladies. Welcome back. Episode 27. I'm excited to be behind the mic again, talking all things pelvic floor in the first two weeks or that sort of early postpartum period. So if you go back to episode 23, I covered a a 101 of pelvic floor in pregnancy and uh, it's certainly not uh, all encompassing, but I do like to deliver just sort of like short snippets of information so it's easily digestible and, you know, something that you can sort of take take on and have sort of practical things that you can do straight away and take into your daily life. So today is uh, an extension of that episode, but how we can then bring uh, our pelvic floor health and pelvic floor recovery into those first couple of weeks postpartum. And then I will also follow up with a sort of more longer term uh, postpartum episode along the same vein. So keeping it short and sweet and practical and yeah, I hope you really, really enjoy. So as I mentioned in the intro, I you know really think it's so important to set yourself up well with knowledge and education. And in terms of our postpartum recovery, uh, I think this really has to start in pregnancy. And you know I think in general we do focus a lot on uh, you know how to have a healthy pregnancy and support ourselves through pregnancy. Perhaps we educate ourselves a lot on birth. I hope so. <laughs> but quite often that postpartum period is not something we put a lot of forethought in, other than you know making sure everything's ready and right for the baby. And so absolutely, that's something that we'll be exploring in some upcoming episodes around that sort of first 40 days and how we can support ourselves to avoid postpartum depletion. But, you know, along the lines of pelvic floor, it really, really starts in sort of that education in pregnancy. And you can go back and listen to episode 23, where I do a really uh, simple sort of 101, you know, understanding where your pelvic floor is, what its role is, how you can uh, easily learn to activated and coordinated and then bring it into your everyday life so that you can have the best chance of having a really strong and optimally functioning pelvic floor is going to set you up uh, you know for a really good postpartum recovery now having said that if you sort of haven't gone down that track and you are in the postpartum period already don't stress because again it's it's not too late to start and you know I think we are given often in hospital like a handout that is you know like do your squeezes every you know three times a day 15 reps 
and, you know, sort of slowly build up. And we are given some education on sort of how to protect our pelvic floor in those early weeks. But I really think it needs to go beyond that. And so that's a little bit what this is about today. But I will also uh, follow up with a subsequent episode around pelvic floor recovery, you know, beyond that first early period, because I really believe that if we want to have well-functioning pelvic floor and, um, you know, be pain-free, you know, leak-free and, you know, just sort of confident in the function of our pelvic floor, then it does go a lot beyond just doing your pelvic floors in in commas or in inverted brackets. Uh, You know, I highly, highly recommend that you have booked in or book in that consult with a women's health physio for the six weeks. That's really, really key because everybody's pregnancy and birth journey is really, really different. And, you know, you might be on the spectrum of someone who's had, you know, an unassisted birth, no no forceps, no uh, vontus, no, you know, sort of anything major and, you know, maybe a minor tear or, you know, something along that line, something quite superficial. And then you might be all the way down to the other end of someone who's had a, a very long and protracted labor, a long pushing phase and plus or minus, you know, assisted through forceps, vontus, episiotomy. And so, uh, you know, or plus or minus having torn their pelvic floor to, you know, a greater degree. And so, you know, each woman is going to need a different, uh, I guess, support system and your recovery will be different for each woman based on that experience of birth. And so, you know, that's a huge caveat. And I so passionately uh, encourage you to absolutely go and see that women's health physio at six weeks. And then, you know, you may or may not need some some continued follow-up depending on the level of, I guess, intervention or, you know, or how your body was left after the birth. So that's a huge, huge caveat. But this is just to help as a general, to help get you through in those first few weeks and what you can do to protect your pelvic floor, to help retrain the brain to pelvic floor connection and to support recovery, regardless of sort of what your situation is. And, you know, another big one is I think we might assume if we've ended up with a C-section, whether that be uh, via voluntary method or whether it's ended up being an emergency type situation, you know, there was definitely some load on your pelvic floor through the weight of your baby and the postural changes that occur. And so if you had a elective C-section, you're still going to need some pelvic floor recovery versus if you've had a, a C-section that was more of the emergency nature, then you might have been in labor for an extended period of time and you might be a certain number of centimeters dilated. And so, you know, you're going to have had injury to both areas of the body. You know, that pelvic floor has been very, very loaded and stretched. And then you've also got the surgery of C-section. So don't be fooled into thinking that if you've had a C-section that your pelvic floor isn't something that then needs as much attention. It certainly does. And quite often a woman who has gone through that journey of an unexpected C-section, she might still be bleeding or having that sort of lochia, we call it, that loss of blood for many, many weeks postpartum, similar to a woman who has given birth vaginally. And so, you know, that is quite common to have some blood loss up to six weeks, sometimes longer after having a baby. And I think no one sort of really tells you that <laughs> and that you, you know, need to be wearing the the supersized, uh, almost nappy-like pads. <laughs> so, you know, it's something just to sort of prepare yourself for. If you're a first-time mum, it does get better and everyone has to go through it. And, you know, I love that on social media now, you know, we, we definitely see women sort of posting that their babies aren't the only ones in nappies and there's, you know, there's there's light brought to this, I guess, maybe previously kind of taboo recovery that women are going through. And, you know, it is really great to see that there's more sharing of the reality of postpartum and, and yeah, so hopefully that gives you some comfort as well. Yeah, whether or not you've had a C-section or a vaginal delivery in the hospital, they will want you to have passed urine within the first number 
of hours after birth. You know, pain management is something that's really, really key. If you are in a lot of pain after delivery, whether it be C-section or from tearing or just from the the general uh, process of birth, whether or not you had any sort of major tears, you know, after pains where your uterus is retracting can start as soon as you start breastfeeding. And from my own experience have been, you know, (laughs) exponentially more intense each child. And so by the third time round, after pains were very, very intense. So it's just something to prepare yourself for. And it does commonly get more intense with each successive child. And I think that's probably because your uterus is pre-stretched and it's got a long way to come back in. Perhaps you need more assistance (laughs) rather than having natural spring and, you know, elasticity and sort of collagen return for the younger, (laughs) earlier uterus. So yeah, pain management is really, really key and discussing that with your team, you know, through if you need to take something to sort of help you, you know, be in not too much pain. I certainly do encourage you to do what you need to do because, you know, you need to be functioning because you're not just looking after yourself in this period, whether or not it's your first or subsequent children. I think if you can avoid something with any codeine in it, just because it does tend to block you up. So, you know, having a think about, you know, what sort of more mild pain relief you might be able to manage with if it's Panadol, et cetera, so that you aren't having that sort of uh, constipation effect because, you know, that is really, really common. And I know that first poo postpartum is really, really scary. And so you don't want to feel like that's then affected to a greater extent by not being, you know, uh, yeah, not having sort of well-moving bowels. So staying hydrated and making sure you're having a lot of fiber can really help to uh, take that sort of load of constipation because when you have to bear down or strain to go to the toilet, that is a lot of strain on your pelvic floor. And so both in pregnancy and in that sort of postpartum period, you really, really want to take care of having enough fiber, having plenty of hydration and doing the things that you can do to help avoid constipation to help the healing of your pelvic floor. So pain management, hydration and fiber, some support to your pelvic floor. So um, recovery type garments can be really helpful. A lot have inbuilt sort of gusset and pelvic floor support. And we're so excited that we have some of these coming out for postpartum. A lot of our gear has been focused around pregnancy with Lenny Rose. And we're just in the process of developing some more summer friendly garments for pregnancy and also some postpartum support garments, underwear and shorts. So that's really, really exciting. And I'm just really passionate about creating bits and pieces that do the job, but just look good and make you feel good because I just feel like so much in pregnancy and postpartum, you know, it's either really medical and does a great job, but doesn't look good and makes you feel pretty ordinary when, you know, you're perhaps already feeling like that in that postpartum period. It can be a lot to be processing about the changes in your body. So we really believe in balancing out the two. And yeah, I'm really excited to be bringing these to you in the next few months. So stay tuned, but definitely get the support. Ice can be really, really helpful. And so often they'll give that to you in the hospital. Quite often it's like they'll get you to fill up a condom and then uh, freeze it. And then um, you can use that sort of around your pad and make sure it's like inside a layer of the pads. There's no direct contact to your skin. 
you can also get some really great products, Body Ice Woman, and I think there's a couple of other brands out now, but that have pelvic floor specific ice packs that sort of, yeah, are in the right shape and, and there's lots of sort of uh, helpful use to have those um, for your recovery. And yeah, usually they do give you something in the hospital anyway, but something to have in your postpartum recovery toolkit. <laughs> and then, you know, the position that you're spending your time in, in that sort of first few weeks in particular, like ideally you would be laying horizontal as much as possible in those first two weeks. You know, obviously you're feeding and then other than that, maybe getting up to have a shower, etc. I really, really encourage you if possible. And I know it's probably exponentially harder at the moment with COVID for those of you in Victoria in particular, but, you know, to have those support structures set up because, you know, we aren't allowed to have people coming in and out of the house. But I think if you have a partner that's not super adept in the kitchen, then if you can prepare a heap of meals and freeze them up um, so that, you know, it's literally just get out and reheat, you're not having to stand up in the kitchen and cook meals for the family in those first few weeks. You know, if you can avoid that as much as possible, please, please do. And there really are some great meal delivery services out there as well for both sort of plant-based and sort of general sort of healthy eating and some that are sort of specifically for postpartum as well. I can pop some of those in the show notes too. But, you know, getting great nutrition is really, really important in those first couple of weeks to aid recovery. We want to really avoid being on our feet as much as possible because our pelvic floor, you know, even in sitting, we have a load of the trunk uh, pressing down on our pelvic floor. And so we want to be laid down and, you know, you can even take it to that next level. If you sprain an ankle, for example, you'll be elevating it and icing it and putting it up sort of at the level of your heart, right? So that you can help improve the blood flow help improve with the swelling and bruising and you know if you think of your pelvic floor in a similar way so you can even be laying down and have your hips elevated slightly with a pillow if that's comfortable so that you have gravity assistance and you're really taking out any pressure on the pelvic floor side lie is really great as well so there's minimal gravitational downpour on the pelvic floor in a side lying position so you know that's a really great position to also work on feeding your bub in side lie because you can rest it's a really beautiful beautiful position as long as you stay awake and alert obviously when you're feeding. So some things to think about there. <laughs> in terms of positioning as well, toileting is really, really key. So, you know, especially if it's taking a few days for you to come through with that first uh, poo, <laughs> you want to set yourself up. So two feet on a stool so that you're in a slightly uh, hip flexed position and you can even have a slight forward lean. And, you know, I love uh, in hypnobirthing, they teach this sort of uh, breathing technique for what you might typically call the pushing phase of labor. They just talk about it as breathing down. So you're just imagining like breathing your baby down and there's not, it's not forceful and you're relaxing the pelvic floor to let the passage of the baby come through. And, you know, they actually get you to practice that with a poo. (laughs) So when you're going to the toilet in pregnancy, you can practice that. And I really love that same technique for doing a poo in the postpartum period, because you were then not bearing down, you're not pushing on your pelvic floor, which is already needing to recover. So set yourself up stool. You know, if you've got the kids steps in there from toddlers and you're already pretty much ready to go, the lower step and just giving yourself time to go to the toilet. Like it sounds stupid, but as a mum of three kids, like sometimes, you know, the kids are jumping all over you, trying to go to the toilet. Like it's just hard to sort of have time to take your time. So shut the door, (laughs) get some help from a partner, whatever it is you need to do. So take time, position yourself and try not to push, let it sort of happen organically. And, And if you've got that time, you will be able to relax a little bit more. Yeah, really, really key. The next thing is obviously, you know, when do I start doing my pelvic floor exercises? And, you know, as I said, you will more than likely, if you're having a hospital birth, uh, a woman 
women's health physio will come around and give you some instructions and you know by and large the such beautiful beautiful people some some great amazing women's health physios out there but I think at the moment as well with COVID-19 and if you're sort of just going into birth and then coming straight out of the hospital as quick as possible you might also miss that women's health physio checkup so you'll quite often get given a sheet with you know do your pelvic floor three times a day 15 reps or whatever but I really feel like that's not enough and we need to take it further than that and so you can start doing pelvic floor retraining uh, as soon as you feel comfortable as soon as it's you feel like it's not painful and ideally that would be in the first couple of days you want to start to retrain the pelvic floor to brain connection laying down with the the hips elevated again you're going to have a bit of a gravitational assist in that position so it's going to make a little bit easier again sideline you're not going against gravity so those are really great positions to start with and as I said if, if you've trained yourself on how to correctly work your pelvic floor in pregnancy it's going to be a lot lot easier when you get to this first postpartum period because you'll basically just be starting up where you left off and you'll have those neurons firing and you just need to sort of like spark them up again so I really encourage you to use breath and to connect breath and pelvic floor mechanics because on an exhale breath we naturally uh, have a facilitation of a pelvic floor a concentric or shortening or lifting action as well as the sort of TVA and deep abdominals if we have a, a normal breathing pattern and so make sure you can get yourself into a comfortable side lie or supine position and then take a breath in to relax and then as you exhale what you really want to think about and it's really key that you think about the sort of bony landmarks of your sitting bones and of your coccyx at the back and your pubic bone at the front so this sort of hammock area of pelvic floor and again you can go back to that episode 23 101 where I really go into sort of the detail there and sort of show you you know where these points are and then sort of so you've got a bit better idea on you know how then from the where so we want to think about that sort of back to front so coccyx bone at the back so pubic bone at the front uh, stopping the passage of wind maybe and then we and then an internal lift up and in so it's a close the back close the front and then lift up and in and that's the cueing that's really going to get you the best result in terms of reconnecting to your pelvic floor if you then combine it with the breath so you might do it a few times okay let's just feel what it feels like to close the back close the front and then lift up and in and then once you sort of feel like you've mastered that you'll then coordinate that with the breath so it's a breath in to relax and then a breath out to close the back close the front lift up and in you might start by just doing uh you know maybe somewhere between six to ten reps so that you can just sort of feel like you're reconnecting that area but not overdoing it and then you know you will gradually increase that number over the course of those first couple of weeks it is you know, it's really great to start here, but it's not where we need to finish when it comes to pelvic floor retraining. We need to learn to do what's called the knack because inevitably, even if we have the luxury of being able to rest as much as possible in those first few weeks, we're going to be lifting a baby that's a couple of kilos. We might be having to lift a toddler. We might be going to appointments and getting the baby capsule or the pram in and out of the car. And that's a load. And ideally we want our partners or someone else to be doing that for us, but just sometimes it's not possible. And so we want to to engage that exhale breath, the close the back, close the front, and then internal lift as or you know, just before we go to add that load on the body. And that counts for a cough or a sneeze or lifting something. We really want to start to learn to integrate that with these functional movements that require load onto the pelvic floor. And then, you know, it is going to be more of a quick contraction if it's a cough or a sneeze. So um, starting to add in some little quick lifts as well into your first initial pelvic floor retraining 
training. And then over time, we need to you know, integrate it into functional movements. And it should be, you know, become part of your day when you bend down, you inhale, and then when you sort of squat back up, it's that exhale and, and, and lift the pelvic floor. So I will go into this in a lot more detail in a following episode. And there's so much great education that I've done on our recently released pregnancy platform, RoseFit. And we have a, a full education library on everything from pelvic floor, continence, uh, pubic pain or sort of pelvic pain. Uh, we also have some great stuff in there on diastasis, on exercise and sort of how to um, you know pitch at the right level for you. So there's some great, great information in there. And I do really go into detail about how to work this pelvic floor continuum. So starting with the basics and then slowly bringing it into our daily life and then using it to help assist us when we are doing something that's of a heavier load, which is inevitable in motherhood. <laughs> I've got three boys and with the pram pushing them, I think it's more than 60 kilos. So we we can't avoid load forever. And, and we need to, rather than, you know, tell women not to, to load themselves because they're going to, we need to you know, rise our education on how we strengthen ourselves to be able to, you know, come up to the task of doing what we need to do. Yeah, I hope you found that super useful. Some just sort of my top tips. And as I said, these episodes are just meant to be short and sweet and they do tip the iceberg. But, you know, I really hope that over, you know, the accumulative nature of what we're doing here, you really start to get a well-rounded understanding of your body, doing what you can at home, uh, learning from home, I think is just such an empowerful way for you to um, get through this, you know, transition period as best as possible. So as always, if you have any questions, if you have any requests, please shout us out. You can email me at rosie at lennyroseactive.com.au. If you love the episode that you're listening to, please give it a screenshot and tag us at Lenny Rose Active. I haven't yet started a new Instagram page for Mama Matters. We've got one for RoseFit. It's at RoseFit Pregnancy, but Lenny Rose Active is still our main page. So anything through there in terms of DMs, screenshots, tags, give us a big shout out. We absolutely love supporting you. And this is the why behind everything that I do with uh, Lenny Rose, Mama Matters, RoseFit. It's all just to help you, my beautiful mama tribe out there, get through as best as possible. And yeah, I can't wait to chat to you in the next episode. Have a beautiful day. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Lenny Rose Active, Australian-owned, three-times mum and physiotherapist-designed Lux Active and Technical Wear for the pregnancy to motherhood journey. You can find us on lennyroseactive.com.au or on Instagram at Lenny Rose Active.